Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about capitalizing the community. We're chatting with Michelle Johnson, the co-founder of Ghost Town Oats, which aims to redefine the culture around plant-based milk and which has raised more than $230,000 in a community round of financing. Welcome to Sisters Inc., Michelle, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you so much, Elisa. It's so excited to be here. It's an honor. Your background is so freaking impressive. You're a barista by trade. You're the founder of a blog called The Chocolate Barista, which promotes diversity in the specialty coffee industry. And you are the first Black woman to qualify for the U.S. Barista Championship. That's right. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing until today, but I'm yeah. so excited about it. I love it. I love it. How did you end up on this journey as a barista? Uh, well, I've been drinking coffee since, honestly, since I was like four years old. Uh, my mom is an avid coffee drinker. She drinks Maxwell House every day. And I used to sneak into the kitchen while she was tending to my little siblings to go find out, like, what was the sweet smelling thing in this cup that's warm that's sitting on the counter? And I would have gulps of it. And she loves it really sweet and really milky. So I was like, whatever this is, I'm about it. (laughs) And I just started to attach coffee with her um, and with our relationship over the years. And our our entire like childhood growing up, I'm the oldest of five, um, was pretty tumultuous um, and very just like how we had housing insecurity and food insecurity. But coffee was one of those things that was always around. No matter what, my mom would still find a way to have her coffee. So by the time I became a teenager, I was like, I need to be a barista because I really want to learn how to make with the, the thing that I drink all the time. And especially with something that's going to have like higher quality ingredients, I can mess around with syrups. Um, so from there, I just jumped into working at a coffee shop at 19, and it's been the wildest ride of my life, because now I'm a founder of an oat milk company. <laughs> yes, I had no exactly. idea was going to get here. Then you founded an oat milk company. Um, right. So tell us about Ghost Town Oats, why it was created, and what you're hoping to achieve with it. So we started Ghost Town Oats in December of 2020. Um, So we've only been a company for a year and a half. And it was actually my co-founder's idea to start an oat milk company. And he felt that there was something missing in the current market where it wasn't, there wasn't anyone that was currently speaking to him or his community. And a friend of mine um, connected with him and told him like, hey, I think you should talk to Michelle about this because she's like the person who goes and is like, hey, there's something missing here, which is exactly what I did with coffee. What I saw was missing was representation of Black people, us talking about race within the coffee industry and how that was affecting our careers as coffee professionals. So he spoke with me and I was like, well, I'm going to think about it. The first thing that I noticed is that marketing wise, there isn't anything that speaks to the fact that Black people and people of color are lactose intolerant. And to me, that's like the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, I've been lactose intolerant my most of my adult life, but because I didn't like almond or soy milk, would still 
opt for having cold milk in my coffee. Um, and then one, I, I lived in Australia for about a year and a half, and I had that was my actual introduction to oat milk because I was a consultant for an oat milk company down there. Um, so once I had oat milk, I was like, oh, this is sort of close to whole milk. This is delicious. But still, the marketing was still very tailored to people who already know about specialty coffee. Like, I'm, I'm a special case because that's a, a career and a job that I want to get into, but not a lot of people know about that. My family sure as hell didn't know about that. Uh, and they don't know about all the different, like, ingredients and things that I had access to. So it sort of came back around to, like, how do I create access to this product that is better for me can be really delicious and bring it back to the people I know that can benefit the most from it. So that was sort of like the, the founded foundational pillars that started to form the company over the last year and a half. Um, and then since then, our entire team, so three of us are all coffee professionals. And we have been in barista competitions, coaching barista competitions. One of us is a certified like taster for grading coffee. So we basically just dialed in the taste of our oat milk with our co-manufacturer and came up with this really delicious formula that is great for anything and everything, whether you like coffee, whether you want to drink it straight, it's awesome. And now we're here today. Ghost Town Oats is the world's first black, queer, barista-owned oat milk company. Why is that important? That's extremely important because baristas, to start there, baristas are the ones that brought oat milk to the mainstream market. When Oli first came to the U.S. in 2015, 2016, they went straight to the coffee shops, and it was someone who had gotten to try it there first who wrote about it in Vogue, and then it blew up. And for us, it's it's one of those things where we want to bring back that bring it back full circle. Like we don't fully see of ourselves only as a startup or only as an oatmeal company. Like we're a hospitality company at the end of the day. So we're in service to our consumers, to each other. Um, so being barista owned, you know that it's going to be high quality and you know that it's going to taste good. And the reason why being black and queer owned is also important because we need to have more ownership over the things that we're consuming. Um, and for that, it also gives other people, for now that we're doing this community round, so many more people are able to be a part of this story with us and to invest in us as well. I am all here for the ownership. We've had um, the founder of Partake Cookies on this podcast, and we've had the founder of Premalicious on this podcast. Yes. And I'm like, let's take over all the aisles in the supermarket. Literally. <laughs> we are the ones buying it, and we should have representation on the other side as well. So I'm yes. so happy to hear that. I also love that one of your taglines is oat milk for every block, um, especially since, as you note, Black people are more likely to be lactose intolerant, and we're also more likely to be vegan. And you talked about the marketing and how we're missing traditionally from oat milk marketing, but it's not just your marketing that's inclusive. In your five-year plan, you have a focus on distribution through convenience stores um, to reach our neighborhoods. And you also have a long-term goal of investing in black farmers. Tell us about your focus on community. So I grew up basically having to be raised by the community. Um, we did not have secure housing for most of the time. We lived in homeless shelters, we lived in hotels, we lived with family and friends. 
And it was through like church groups and other social nonprofits that really helped to raise us, me and my siblings, and helped my parents out uh, during that time. So all that I really know is that it really takes a village and a community, especially for those who do not have things, to be able to get to a point where like now I'm the owner of an oatmeal company. And it's like, I could have been, I could have fallen short a long time ago, but it's like that community just like really just digging into us and digging into us over the course of our lives is why now like community is number one. Um, Sorry, what was the first part of the question? (laughs) Well, it's about your focus on community because you, you want the product to be for everyone, but you're also, you know, not just marketing it to everyone. You're really focused on making sure that you're getting it into the hands of everyone and that even on your supplier and you're including the black community. Yeah, absolutely. My um, saying that I usually go with all the time is if I'm eating, everybody's eating, period. So it's one of those things where it just, it's about bringing these things that are considered luxury items to everybody. Why can't everyone have nice things? Why does it have to be that you have to live in a certain zip code or make a certain amount of money to be able to have access to something that's delicious, premium, that's better for you? Um, And I've always been someone who's wanted to make sure that like throughout the entire supply chain of everything that I'm doing throughout the entire process that is touching as many Black people as possible along the way. So for instance, um, at my U.S. barista competition routine, I had a coffee that was farmed by Burundian women and then was imported by a woman from Burundi and then bought and, and, and roasted by a Guatemalan and a Black woman. And then I was the Black woman at the end serving this coffee to my judges so it's like intentional all the way through and it has to be that way and it can be that way but i feel i feel like so many companies just opt to not do that because it's the easier way to do it and i'm like it's it's not that it's not easier it's just that you just don't want to and i really want to my entire team really wants to um and we find so much more value in it and i really feel like when you put that sort of spirit and energy into a company that you're building, there's only success that can come out of that, only good things that can come out of that. And it's going to affect everybody. Like, I really want to see this oat milk on every block. (laughs) It's like when you put good ingredients in, you get good ingredients out. Exactly. Another way that you've included the community is through funding. You're currently raising money on the platform WeFunder, where fans and customers can invest in the business for as little as $100. There are so many different ways to raise capital. Why did you choose this route? We wanted to do a community round on WeFunder because it really just brings it back to the same people that we have been working with, we have poured into our entire careers. It's time for them to have a piece of what it is that we're doing. We wouldn't be here in our careers without our coffee community, our friends, our family, even people in other hospitality sectors of the industry, we would not be here without them. And in order for us to really bring oat milk to every block, it, it it's it's one of those things where we have to think about, okay, how are we going to create an even bigger impact than just bringing oat milk to the world? 
how are we going to potentially create a pathway for there to be generational wealth down the line should and when this company becomes successful later on down the line. Um, and, you know, we speak to investors all the time. We have those meetings. And obviously, we want the big checks as well. But knowing that the barista down the street who is going to be making oat milk with this, uh, making coffee with this, uh, also has a little piece of that ownership, it like it really just like ends up being very synergistic and it feeds into each other. They know that we're invested in them uh, and we're also being held accountable by them more than just like, hey, this didn't work today. It's like, no, we need you to be successful because I bought into this. And so I'm like, it's, it comes back to hospitality. It's, I, I'm here in service to you. So I want to make sure that you're taken care of 10 years down the line. And it's something that we have really just like, what's one of the founding um, pillars of this company for sure. And I really, really, really enjoy the fact that there are now like 330 people who are invested in this through WeFunded. Um, so it's a lot of people to answer to. <laughs> but it is, I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. It really, it's a community project. It's a community building uh, project that we're doing here. So I'm really proud of the fact that we have this for those people who may not be as familiar, can you explain how a community round of funding works? Yeah. So for WeFunder, all you need is at least just $100 to buy it, and you don't have to be an accredited investor. Um, past a certain point, I believe it's past $2,200, then you have to be accredited and like confirm that you have a certain amount of assets and whatnot, but that's not necessary. So once you invest in us, um, we can use that money to do marketing, pay lawyer fees. Um, most of it is going towards production right now. And in about five to seven years, once we're becoming like a profitable company, and either in the terms of an acquisition or an IPO, that's when that return on investment can grow and become $10,000, $100,000, or even more, depending on what happens there. Um, but really, it's just one of those things where people, if they know that they believe in us and believe in our story and really want to see this product grow, then a lot of people are just thrown in just because they know us personally. They're like, hey, we just want to see you win. Um, and it is our hope that we can help you win as well. And aside from the long-term return on investment down the road, when we know that you will be successful, what are the benefits of investing um, for members of the community? Um, it is really just about having ownership over the things that you consume, the things that you buy. It is wanting to, it's wanting to have a piece of everything that you believe in. Um, I feel like that there's this move towards, especially since the pandemic, there's this huge push towards people just wanting to only purchase the things that align with their personal values um, or, or, um, or only aligning with products that are doing good into the world. Um, and in this way, a lot of people are allowed to now be a part of that and to help push that forward. And especially as we are starting to have more Black-owned products and Black-owned companies that are popping up left and right, it's a really awesome time and opportunity for people to really just 
only have black owned things in their house. And this time, there's about to be a black owned oat milk in your fridge. <laughs> Crowdfunding has been such a game changer for many founders of color um, who have been locked out of most venture capital money, um, who have documented struggles getting traditional bank loans, um, and who often don't have you know, what they call capital-rich network. We can't always go out to our friends and family and raise the kind of money that other people can um, in a friends and family round. So can you speak um, as a founder to what this means to you to be able to have this opportunity to raise money? Honestly, it gives it gives me the opportunity to do something that I'm passionate about. Uh, at the beginning, I was very discouraged by some of the investor conversations we had, if I'm being completely honest. And, you know, it's been a long road of trying to invest money the more traditional route. Um, but knowing that there's 300 and some people who have invested with us and it keeps growing, that's like the fire, the, the passion, that's just like the wind in our sails to keep going. Um, and that's how I know that like what we're doing, people want, people need, people also see that there is a void in the market and that we're not absolutely you know, crazy for doing what we're doing. Um, and it's honestly, it's been able to open us up to a wider network of potential investors. Um, this, we were able to snag investment from Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. And he's very, very passionate about the fact that we had a, that we're having a community round. And he is like, he's a champion behind that. He also has a coffee company and is starting to understand and learn. Um, the value of baristas, you know, standing behind a product that they're working with and we're his new favorite oat milk. So <laughs> it's like, it really is starting to um, beget and open up our networks, but it really just starts with the people that we already know, the people that we've been working with already. And that's honestly, if we only ever end up raising money through a community round, I think we'll be all right. As of today, you have raised more than $230,000 from 370 investors on WeFunder. Wow. <laughs> Look, last week it was 330. <laughs> you got another 40 people that came on in the last week. Wow. Why do you think the campaign has been so successful? I think it's because it's relatable. At the end of the day, people understand what it's like to not have access to something, something that they need, something that they want. And the co if there's anything the coffee industry has taught me is that that's one of those luxuries that I feel like people deserve. Whether it doesn't matter if it's $5, it doesn't matter if that's the only $5 that you, if you have in your pocket. If it's something that's going to bring you joy at the start of each day or whatever you're drinking it, then you deserve it and you're entitled to that. And I think people really feel that energy through what we're trying to build here. It's like, we really truly believe that no matter what, you deserve to have a delicious high quality product. It doesn't matter if it's in a convenience store, that doesn't mean it's lower quality if it's there. It doesn't mean any of those things. We just wanna make sure that you get it because we're doing our part to make sure that it is the best damn thing out there and have it, deserve it. This is for you. This is all for you. Let's get it Jackson. <laughs> 
At Black Enterprise, we are all about sharing the knowledge. So I can't let someone who has had this much success with raising money from the community be on here without asking you to share. Um, if you could talk other founders through it, what would you say the pros and cons are? Um, are there any lessons that you've learned from it? Mm -hmm. Anything you do differently? Um, and what's your best advice? Wow. I think the what has kept me level and sane throughout this entire process has been my friends and family, for sure. Having a support system that can be empathetic, even if they are not completely understanding because they may not be going through it, but it's at least empathetic to what you are doing, knowing that you are doing something that is hard, knowing that you are doing something that a lot of people cannot manage or even think of what the what the hurdles are going to be, those people are going to pump you up, they're going to check you when you're doing too much, and they're also gonna help to just keep you keep you fed spiritually, physically at times. <laughs> they're gonna make sure that you're getting to bed. <laughs> I really, really truly um am blessed to have an amazing boyfriend who was like, he brought me fruit and water this morning because I was nervous. <laughs> Like, it's those little things like that that can really help to keep you going. Um, I think also the fact that I have a really amazing group of co-founders. And so it's like where I'm not just doing this alone is really helpful. So it really just boils back down to the community. Um, the advice that I would give is to get your rest. Get your rest, please. Do not think that you have to work yourself to the bone or kill yourself to make your dream a reality. We have been taught throughout our entire lives up until now that that's what you have to do, that you have to be broke, that you have to be tired while you're doing this. And when you're raising money, make sure that you include that salary because you deserve it. Make sure that you are getting what you need, that your basics are covered because you deserve that. You do not need to be just like strung out the entire time you're building your companies because you are also the main asset of your company. And so you have to take care of yourself. As much as we are making sure that we have production for oat milk, we're trying to make sure that we have a sound mind, body, and spirit so that we can create the oat milk. So that's just as important as everything else. And eat, drink water, and mind your business. Eat, drink water, and mind your business. That, I, I think those might be the whole keys to life. Forget the keys. <laughs> right. Those yes. might be the whole entire keys to get your Mind life. business that pays you, girl. <laughs> I know. And it's such a profound note that I hate to not end there, but I have to ask, you know, when it comes to specifically raising money from the community, are there any tactics or strategies that you would share? I know when I was on your WeFunder site, I was blown away by the video that you guys did. I think, of course, storytelling is such a huge mm -hmm. part of connecting with people. But specifically when it comes to raising money from the community, what are your tips? I would say that you need to find what is going to pierce the heart of the community. What is really the, the thing, the one or two, maybe even three things that the community that you want to raise from truly cares about. Write down those things, and whether it's through your video marketing, whether it's through what you're writing about, or even in your pitch, make sure you hit those points. Um, what else would I also say? 
have just work on your vision, have a clear vision and talk to everyone you know about it. Talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to the dog down the street, the neighbor, like everybody and receive, get that feedback and find out, get temperature, constant temperature checks. I, even though we have a product that a lot of people love already and everyone's just like, oh yeah, you're going to be great. I'm constantly temperature checking even now to make sure is this still something that the community wants and that the community needs so that I can then go and when I'm having these conversations, when I'm doing pitches, I'm making sure that I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm staying in my lane. I would also add that just to know exactly how much you want to raise and what you're going to use it for. Be very clear about what you're going to use that money for because people want to know where their money's going at the end of the day. Even if they do believe in you, they want to know, what is $100 doing? And then like, that $100 is going to do X, Y, and Z, period. And that's it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the questions that you got on your campaign, they're not like, hey, why did you guys make oat milk? They're like gross margins and distribution channels and right. five-year plans. These people want to know. They want to know <laughs> where the money is going and you definitely need good answers. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website, ghosttown.world and their campaign at wefunder.com slash ghost town. You can also follow them on Facebook at Ghost Town Oats and on Instagram at Ghost Town World. Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise writers, editors, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. I'm Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.